0: Man. Well, how many of you moms and aunts and grandmas have ever felt like you've told your kids the same thing ten gazillion times? You ever feel like that? All right, we got a little video here we're going to show you that kind of talks about... We hear you, Mom. We always have. Because you have a special way of saying things. Things like... Don't touch that. What happened to this woo? I don't care what kind of phone they have. Because I love you, that's why... I'm not asking you again. Get back in there and brush them right. No, I don't want to see the trick you can do with your eyelids. Can anybody flush around here? Leftovers. Deal with it. You can keep asking, but the answer's still no. I'm in the bathroom. Please just give me one minute. You are 16. For the love of all that is holy, put on some clothes. Three dozen cupcakes by when? Math homework. Yay! Let's both take a deep breath. When is the last time you took a shower? Please do not like me. Not fair. The fair comes in October. It's a good thing you're cute. Did you wash your hands? How can we be out? I just bought a whole week's worth of groceries. You cut what with the good scissors? That was your teacher on the phone. Why pay that kind of money when I can sew you a dress? I believe in you. You can do this. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has a great plan and a big purpose for your life. Don't forget that. Hey, Mom, we do hear you. Now hear us. We love you. We're so thankful for all the things you say. And all that you do for us. Even if we don't always show it. Happy Mother's Day. Now get to bed. I'm tired. So we do appreciate all that you do. Uh, some of you are second moms to kids. Some of you are grandparents. Some of your moms, stepmoms. We thank you for all that you do. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. If you have a smartphone or a tablet with the YouVersion app, if you hit that little more button and go to events, it's all in there. The notes and the verses are in there. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want to talk to you about what we can learn from a a godly mother and a godly grandmother in scripture. Now, to set this up, Paul, the apostle Paul, was on a missions trip. He was on a missionary journey, and he met a young man named Timothy who showed extraordinary potential. Timothy was an incredible young guy. Paul recruited him to be on his team, and Paul took him in and kind of mentored him. Now, the funny thing about Timothy is his dad is not really mentioned much in here. But the people who are, are his mom and his grandma. So listen, this is 2 Timothy. These are two letters that Paul wrote to Timothy as Timothy was pastoring a church. So he had kind of grown. He was uh, learning. He was taking responsibility in a church. And he talks about, you know, I, I can't wait to see you. I'm excited about seeing you. And he says this, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5, he says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that was first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that this same faith continues strong in who? You. Timothy caught and learned the faith that was in his grandmother and then in his mother. So we see, we know that his dad was a Greek, so Timothy didn't grow up Jewish. His grandma came to faith in Christ, and then his mom came to faith in Christ, probably through his grandma's faith, and then Timothy was raised in the faith. And because of that, God started doing incredible things through Timothy. And so, what can we learn today from this mom and this grandmother uh, who had a they had a dad evidently who was not a believer, but they poured in his life. So, what can we learn as men and as women? as moms, as dads, as grandparents, step-parents, influencers, aunts, uncles, what can we learn from these two ladies? How do we raise kids that will learn these things? Now, please understand, Proverbs talks about if you raise a child and teach them the way they go, then when they're older, they will what? They will follow it, right? That is a principle, okay? What's the difference between a principle and a promise? A principle is contingent on the other person, right? So I can take and I can teach my kids all about Jesus, and I pray for them, I hope that they follow Jesus, but whose responsibility is it to follow Jesus? It's the kids, right? So you can't guarantee that your kids will follow, but these are things we can learn, and these are things we can do, and we can model that will give them the best chance of that. There's other principles in Proverbs. One says, if you twist a nose, it produces blood. You know, I could go and twist 30 noses, they may not all bleed. Mine probably would by the end, because I get punched, right? But it's a principle, right? So these are principles we can learn that we see in these two ladies to give our kids and our grandkids the best shot. So the first thing is they modeled a sincere faith. Paul said, I see this faith that was in your grandmother and in your mother. Well, what is a sincere faith? Well, sincere faith is genuine. Sincere faith is genuine. That means it's real. The Greek word translated sincere here means sincere, genuine, without hypocrisy of good character, lacking pretense and prideful show. So in other words, this grandma and this mom had a faith that was real. It was legitimate. This faith was lived out. Now, does anywhere in Scripture say these two ladies were perfect? No, nowhere. But it said they had a sincere faith. He said, I saw this faith in your grandma and in your mom. All of us that are here probably had someone praying for us when we were younger, right? Were those people that modeled the faith for us, or maybe they didn't, maybe you came from a home that didn't have faith, but were any of those people that we looked up to perfect? No, because there's nobody perfect. We are all going to lose our temper at some point, right? I have told you so many times, right? We've all seen that. So yeah, we're not all going to be perfect. We're not going to do things perfect, but if we have a genuine faith, they are going to see that. I was a youth pastor. My wife and I youth pastored for eight years. We were also kids pastors at the time. One thing I learned about kids and teenagers is they can spot a what? A fake. They know fakes, right? They see that. They know that. If we have a genuine faith, though, they will also see that. They will see that which is real, which is true. And they're going to know that you're not perfect because none of us are. But you have a sincere faith, and sincere faith is modeled at home. We can imagine Timothy had seen the faith of his mom and his grandma lived out. So what does that mean, to have a sincere faith that's modeled at home? It means we're the same at home as we are when we're out. It means we do the things that at home that we say we do when we're out other places, right? Again, we're not perfect. But it means we're doing the same thing. It means we're praying. It means we're respecting our spouses. In 1 Peter chapter 3, Paul says, Talks to the ladies a little bit, and he says, Your beauty shouldn't come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles or wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is worth, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands. So what does that mean? It means you don't have to be a model parent. I feel good about that, because <laughs> I'm not, right? We feel good about that. But what it does mean is we have to be sincere. We have to be real. We have to show our families, our husbands, our wives, our kids, what it means to live out the faith at home. It means we do those things. It means the things that we say we do, we do. So it was modeled at home, but then it was also sincere faith is also modeled in public. One thing I've always told my kids when you go out on a date with someone, when you're old enough to date, I have one that is now, oh, but when you go out on a date, what are the things you're going to look for? The way they treat other people. I always tell them, find out the way they treat people in a restaurant, because that's how they're going to treat you down the road. But look how they treat their parents, because that's how they're going to treat you, right? So... When we go out in public, how do we live out our faith the way we treat people? how do we <laughs> how do we treat those who irritate us at work in the store? How do we treat those who drive terribly in front of us? How do we treat those people in the store who mess up our orders? How do we treat those things? We're all working on that, right? we all we all have to work on it. My family's laughing because I'm terrible in traffic. I'm just like, Put your foot on the gas and go. Like, you know, it just irritates me. But so we have to learn how to treat others. So guys, here's the thing. Lois and his mother, Timothy's grandmother and mother, they lived out their faith and Timothy saw that. And Timothy modeled that. So guys, one thing we can do to help our kids have the best chances to live out a sincere faith. Now, this doesn't mean you're going to know all the answers. This doesn't mean you're going to have everything right. And sometimes, guys, that means we have to apologize to our spouse. We have to apologize to our kids. I can tell you, I've had to apologize to my kids because I'll lose my temper and say something mean. I was like, "I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that." Right? Some of you are doing it right now. Sorry about that. that I said this morning. All right? So we have to learn to apologize. That means we have to be sincere. All right. So they had a sincere faith, and then we teach the word at home. We teach the word at home. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, down the line here, Paul talks to Timothy. He says, as for you, in verses 14 and 15, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it. Who is that? His parents. And how from infancy you've known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. Guys, we have to teach the Word in our homes because here's the thing. These two ladies, they understood the primary place of spiritual development is in where? The home. Our kids are going to learn about Jesus the most from us in the home. Our grandkids are going to learn. Guys, I'll tell you, when I was a Christian, my family didn't go to church. we go every once in a while, but we weren't raised in church. But you know who took me to church? My grandparents. Every time I was there, they drug me into church. I think I was the only 16-year-old still in vacation Bible school. It's like, you're in my house, you're going. It's like, I'm too old to be in VBS. Well, I don't care, you're going anyway. Like, I was just, so I would just sit there. Because I would go and I would work in the summers. But you know what? Sitting in those services, whenever I was there, they planted seeds in me. They planted seeds that came to fruition later when I gave my heart to Christ down the line. And I'm convinced that I'm here now where I'm a Christian now because of their prayers and their example. So some of you guys, you may be grandparents. You say, I don't know what influence I have. You have a ton of influence. Step parents, you have a ton of influence in kids' lives. Aunts and uncles, you have a ton of influence in kids' lives. I love this. Things your mom taught you as a kid. My mom taught me to appreciate a job well done. If you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning the house. My mom taught me religion. You better pray that comes out of the carpet or out of the seat of my car, right? They taught me about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. You guys ever heard that one? I heard that a lot growing up. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock. They taught me logic because I said so. That's why. It's not logic. They used to drive me crazy. Show me. I don't care. I said so. All right? They taught me more logic. If you fall out of that swing and break your neck, you're not going to the store with me later. They taught us foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. I'm an EMT. I've never asked. Did you change your underwear today before I uh, Never. But I heard that growing up. They taught me irony. Keep crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Yep, you guys know this stuff. They taught me osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat your dinner. They taught me about stamina. You're going to sit there until all those greens are gone. I kid you not, my grandpa one time sat with us for like an hour and a half because we wouldn't eat the beans that were on our plate. And he's like, I'm sitting sit here all night. And he did <laughs> until we ate. It was amazing. They tell me about weather. That room of yours looks like a tornado went through it. They tell me about hypocrisy. If I told you once, I told you a million times. Don't exaggerate. <laughs> they tell me about the circle of life. I brought you into this world. I can take you out and make another one that looks just like you. <laughs> they told me about behavior modification. Stop acting like your dad. They taught us about envy. There are millions of kids around this world who would love to have parents like you have. (laughs) Yeah, they taught us about anticipation. Just wait till we get home. You're going to get it. (laughs) They taught me about medicine. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to stick that way. (laughs) They taught me about humor. When you cut your foot off with a lawnmower, don't come running to me. Uh, And then they taught me about justice. When you have kids, I hope they turn out just like you. Yep. So we know that the place of primary spiritual development is in our homes. If we're going to teach our kids about Jesus, they're going to catch most of it in the homes. And you know, the church comes alongside, guys. We're here to help. We want to help. We partner together. But... The biggest place our children, our grandchildren, are going to learn about the faith is in the home. Because they see what we model, and they see what we teach, and they see how we live it out. And they want to follow that. They want to know that. And guys, that's one of the reasons we're doing this Bible engagement project this year. We're going to give this a shot. I know some of you don't like technology. You know, the devotions are on your phone. But we're going to do this. Why? Because we're all doing it together. We're all doing the same lessons. Guys, when you get home, you don't have to say, what would you learn about Sunday school? Jesus right? Because you know, because you did the same thing, right? We're all doing the same lessons. We're going to go through the entire Bible in a year, all the major stories in a year, and we're going to have those devotions. You guys watching online, you have access to this as well. Uh, We're getting it for everybody that's a part of our church. I'm really excited about this, but you know what? Our kids learn from watching. How many of you have seen your kids do something that looks just like something you do, and you didn't teach them? I know the other day I was leaning on the sound booth and my son Josiah was leaning on the sound booth. We were doing it together and somebody came up there like, you guys look just alike when you're doing that. And we looked, we were leaning the exact same way, same leg up. Like, wow, that is crazy. Part of that's genetics, part of it is just they learn from watching, but they also learn the bad things sometimes. So we need to make sure we're living this thing out with them. And we have to be intentional about filling our kids with the word. We have to be intentional because we're filling our kids, our grandkids, we're filling them with something. let have to be sure we're filling them with the right things, right? Going with our Deuteronomy chapter 11, when the people of Israel were coming into the promised land and God was teaching them how to create a society, how to create a godly family, listen to what he tells them. Love the Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws, his commands always. Remember today that your children weren't the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God. His majesty, his mighty hand, his outstretched arms, the signs he performed and the things he did in the heart of Egypt, both to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his whole country, what he did to the Egyptian army, to its horses and chariots, how he overwhelmed them with the waters of the Red Sea as they were chasing you down, and how the Lord brought lasting ruin on them. It wasn't your children who saw what he did for you in the wilderness until you arrived in this place, but it was your eyes that saw all these great things the Lord has done. So what does he mean? Our kids have an experience of things we have, right? So it's our responsibility to teach them those things. He was saying, hey, your kids didn't see what God did to deliver you guys from Egypt. He didn't see, they didn't see how God provided for you in the desert. You have to teach them those things, right? So down to verse 18, he says, Fix these words of mine on your hearts and on your minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Now, how do we do that? talking about it when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the doorframe of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children can be many in the land your God's word to give your ancestors. So in other words, he says, it's our responsibility to teach our kids what God has done in our lives. One of the best ways we can do that is through stories. Tell your kids the testimonies of what God has done in your life. Tell them the things he's done for you. We'll do that with our kids sometimes. We'll sit down and we'll say, you know, we weren't always as fortunate as we are now, but God did this. God has done this. God has brought healing. God has done these things. Teach your kids your story. Teach them the word and make spiritual instruction and in worship a priority. Make them a priority. We have to make God a priority in our families. Now, am I saying you have to be in church every time the doors are open? No, because we've got a billion things to do, right? Right? But we have to make sure our families know that God is a priority in our lives if we expect them to make him a priority in their lives down the road, right? So moms, you guys have an incredible impact in your kids' lives. Dads, you have an incredible impact in your kids' lives because our kids catch more than they learn from us. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, Seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We have to make him a priority. And guys, there are a gazillion things fighting for our schedules right now, right? It's insane. Like the calendars kids have, it's crazy. I know our kids sometimes they'll get home on a Friday night and say, I've got homework due tonight at midnight. What? It's weekend. Yeah, I gotta get it done. They just assigned it. I mean, there's a lot going on, but we have to make sure that we teach our kids Jesus comes first. And then and then Jesus said, All these other things will be what? Added. They'll all fall into place. When we put him first. As our priority, everything else will fall into place. Sometimes you have to shuffle, but it'll all fall into place. So, and then here's a here's a fun part. We can encourage our kids and their calling. We see that Timothy's mom and his grandma taught him the word at home. Paul said, "You've known from infancy the Scriptures." They taught him. They modeled it, and then they encouraged him and set him out in his calling. In Acts chapter sixteen, verse one, we see where Paul came to Derby and then to Leicester, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jewish believer, but whose father was a Greek, and everyone spoke well of him. This is where Paul found Timothy. So his dad was a Greek. His dad had not grown up in the church, right? And so his parents sent him out. So we have the ability to help our kids discover their gifts. We have this incredible ability to help our kids discover their gifts. There's an old Spanish proverb that says an ounce of mother is worth a pound of clergy. I love that. An ounce of mother is worth a pound of clergy. Moms, you have so much more influence in your kids' lives than I do. You have so much more influence in your kids' lives than Pastor Kenny and Adrian do. You have so much more influence in your lives than than Amber, our kid's pastor, does, right? Because they're with you how often? All the time. Dads, you have an incredible influence. I remember when we were youth pastors one time, we had these kids that that came in on the van like we do here. And one of them messed up huge. I mean, they made a big disastrous mistake in their lives. And their parents called me and said, what did you do to my kid? Uh, Talking about Jesus? (laughs) I don't know. And they said, well, they they messed up in school. It's all your fault. And I said, (laughs) I had to really stop and think about it. I was like, well, hold on a minute, where did they they learn this habit? Oh, I don't know where they came from. I said, well, they're with me for 45 minutes a week. How long are they with you? And they started going, oh, (laughs) probably, right? I was like, I'll do everything I can to help you, but probably not my fault, but I'm going to help as much as I can. And so we have to understand the kids learn from us. And so Timothy had been developing his gifts and his mom and his grandma encouraged him in the faith. So we have this incredible ability to help our kids find what they're good at, right? We have this ability to help our kids be encouraged in things they're good at, to find the things God has given them. in, And then we have the ability to guide them as they follow Christ, to help them. And And you guys know this, but we can help our kids find Jesus. We can help our kids make faith theirs. Again, we can't force them, right? We can't force them to do that. You may say, you know, I really want my kid to be really good at baseball. You can't force them to like baseball. You help them, right? Guide them. But they may find they like other things better. And that's cool. Find the things they're good at, things that God has gifted them in. I can't tell you how many kids were in Bible college with us, and they had no business being there. They said, I don't I don't feel like God's called me to be a pastor. Why are you here? My parents made me come because they want me to be a pastor but we have to help them find that, right? Find those giftings and encourage them and guide them as they follow Jesus. And we have to be the parent. You know, our kids have a lot of friends. They only have you as their parents. You have to be the parent. That's what God has called us to do, right? To be the parent, help them, guide them. And then we have the ability to release our kids into their destiny. Now, I want you to think about this. Paul shows up, he finds this kid, Timothy, who's incredibly gifted, incredibly talented. He, he sees the call of God in his life to do ministry. Now, do you think his mom and his grandmother could have said, no, he's gonna stay here with us? Why? Timothy, if his dad was gone, and a lot of a lot of commentators believe that Timothy's dad was out of the picture, probably deceased at this point. Who was gonna take care of his mother and his grandmother? Timothy. It was his job, right? To stay there and to take care of them. They let him go with Paul. What were they doing? They were releasing their safety net. They were sending him out into his destiny, even though it was inconvenient for them, even though it was a challenge for them. So guys, I just want to encourage you today. God has given you incredible ability in your kids' lives. God has given you incredible influence in your kids' lives. It is a gift. Mothers, you are so important in the spiritual formation of your children. Grandmothers, you are so important in spiritual formation of your grandchildren, right? Stepparents, you're incredibly important. Dads, you're incredibly important. Grandfathers, you're important. Guys, God has given us incredible... Now, some of you say, well, I don't have kids. I don't have grandkids. But if you're a part of a church family, guess what you have? Influence. There are kids who look up to you to see how you live your life, to see how you treat your spouse. To see how you do things. You say, well, how do you know that? Because I was one of those. <laughs> when I gave my heart to Christ, guys, I was the only one in my family going to church at the time. My parents came later. But you know what I did? I watched people in the church. When I was there on Sundays, I was watching how they treated one another, because I wanted to see how this was done, right? I watched how my youth pastor reacted. I remember one time we were going on a youth trip, and he backed the trailer up into his house, like into his house, uh, <laughs> into the house, you know, to load and <laughs> it was not a good day for him. But I was like, I'm gonna see how he does this. And he did really well. He didn't he didn't shoot anybody, he didn't scream. I think he cried a little, but I mean it was it was good. And I was watching, right? Because I want to see how this was done. I wanted to see how the Christian life was lived out. So you guys have incredible influence in the lives even of students of other families. So I'm gonna ask the worship team to come up today and we're gonna take a few minutes to pray. So if you're physically able, would you stand with me? If you're watching at home, would you shift positions with me a little bit? Stand, sit, whatever you need to do. So if you're here this morning and you say, you know, Pastor X, if I was being really honest today, if I was really looking at my spiritual life today, I would say I'm probably pretty far from God. But I want to make that different today. I want to tell you a step today is a day that you can do that because God is waiting on us right so let's pray this morning father thank you so much for the incredible influence you give us in the lives of kids not just our kids but other kids around us other teenagers other kids other preschool kids around us who are watching us to see how this thing is lived out and we think of an incredible privilege it is to raise a family to be a mom to be a dad and we're so thankful for that And Lord, I pray you help us to take that seriously. But Lord, I know none of us are going to be perfect, so Lord, I pray that you would release guilt today. If you're saying, man, I haven't been doing this right, Lord, take that guilt away and help them to know that they can change that today. That we can change that today. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to ask you to just take a moment. If you're here today and say, you know, what you said earlier, I'm really far away from God, but I want to change that today. The Bible says you can pray a prayer in the and it says the Lord makes you a brand new person inside. It says that when you come to him and you confess your sins, he washes them all away and makes you brand new inside. And you belong to him. So if you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor, I want to I make that change. I want to I pray that prayer. Would you slip your hand up right where you're at and then right back down? We're just going to pray together this morning. Okay. Anyone else? You know, I want to change today. I'm going to ask you all to pray a prayer with me. I'm going to ask you guys online, pray this prayer with me. We're going to say that with these that raise their hands. And this is just you talking to the Lord. Really simple thing. Say this with me. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your incredible love for me. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying in my place so I can have new life. So I admit that I've made mistakes. I've sinned. Please forgive me for that. Take all the old away and make me new. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, the Bible says if you prayed that prayer, you are a brand new person inside. It is amazing, right? We're brand new. Thank you for those of you that prayed that prayer with me. Come find me or one of these guys on the worship team, and and we want to give you a gift to help you get started on that. Now, some of you guys are here today, and as I was talking, you were starting to feel a little guilty. You're saying, I need to to really model this thing better at home, or "Or maybe I need to model this better in public, or, you know, I want to be intentional about teaching the word in the house because I haven't been really good about that. Or maybe, you know, I want to help my kids, encourage them instead of maybe bringing them down a little bit. You know what? You can start today, right? We can start over today. That's the great thing about God. He is a God of mercy. And so if one of those things really hit home, I'm just going to ask you to pray with me this morning because we can all be better. None of us are there. None of us have arrived. None of us are great grandparents yet. Well, not great grandparents. None of us are perfect grandparents. None of us are perfect parents None of us are perfect aunts and uncles. So, Father, I just pray for all those today who might have felt a little twinged today in their hearts and say, you know, I want to do better at this. I help myself included. Lord, help us to do better at modeling this faith inside and outside the home. Lord, help us to be better at being intentional and, and teaching the word in our homes. Lord, help us to be more intentional about encouraging our kids in their calling and guiding them as they follow you. So we give them the very best chance of succeeding in life. Lord, I pray for all the moms today, especially, who are discouraged. Who maybe trying to do this on their own, for all the single moms, all the ones who don't have a, a husband who's a Christ follower to help them in that. Lord, would you encourage them today? Lord, I pray for the godly families who are here today, who are doing their very best. Lord, encourage them as well. Lord, I pray for those today who are grandparents. Lord, help them, grandmas, to be great examples to their kids. Lord, I pray for those who, who can't be moms yet, that you encourage them today. And Lord, help them to know the influence they have, even if they're not kids in their home. They have great influence around them. Lord, I pray that you just draw us close to you today and help us to be the very best we can for you. In Jesus' name, amen.